History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're catching up with Caleb and Derek from the band Tasman Jude. They're a Canadian reggae band. How are you doing, boys? Fantastic. It's great to have you in. I know how much you love Australia, and uh, I've been wanting to get you on History Makers for so long. And we're going to unpack a bit of your story today and talk about it, a bit about your music. Uh, let's start with you, Caleb. Whereabouts were you born and raised? So I was born in Alberta, Canada, but at two months old, my parents moved to the Caribbean as missionaries. And uh, yeah, so I spent... 18 years in multiple different Caribbean islands, mostly Trinidad and Tobago. Wow. Yeah. I've never been there, but it's one of the most beautiful parts it of the world, hey? It is gorgeous, yeah. and the food is sensational. Yeah? I, I mean, there's lots of good beaches on Earth, but yeah. the food. That's what, <laughs> I tell people, like, you know what? Yes, the beaches are beautiful, beautiful place, but the food, that, that's the real. That's yeah, the good that's stuff. The and what kind of missionary work did your parents do? Uh, good question. They planted a couple of churches, and um, my my dad did lots of weddings. My mom did some photography and weddings. Like, um, she does ministry as well in that sense, and um, and lots of guidance and counseling kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. And were you involved in the church planting and the, the ministry there? No, no, not at all. No, most of like most of the quote unquote heavy ministry happened when I was really young. Yeah. Um, you know, not even a teenager yet, and then um. By the time I, I hit probably 11 or 12, I was kind of so angry at, you know, the church and Christianity and all that that stood for that I didn't really care at okay. all. So became really rebellious. Did you really? Okay. Really rebellious, yeah. Yeah. That can happen a lot to uh, to missionary kids or pastors' mm-hmm. kids and things like that. So so that's a bit of your story. What about uh, your faith journey? Was there a conversion experience for you at some stage? Yeah, so after... About seven years, um, between 11 and 18, of uh, addiction to drugs and alcohol and stuff. Um, And I was really angry child, gangs and like lots of fighting and stuff. Um, At 18, my parents kind of got so fed up (laughs) that they uh, shipped me out uh, and shipped me to Canada. When I say shipped, of course, I I flew. Uh, But I landed in Canada and, you know, was just on a angry vendetta to you know, beat up anybody I saw that disrespected me, etc. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, I had the revelation of the love of Jesus. He walked into a vision and said, uh, I am love and I've created you to love. And at that moment, all of my addiction and anger went away, like wow. in the blink of an eye. And I woke up the next morning uh, completely transformed and delighted to be living instead of angry. So how did that happen? Was it a dream or? It was like a vision, open wow. vision, like, uh, you know, I was awake, fully awake. Um, awesome. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it wasn't, uh, it, it was really profound because then I I was at Bible college for two years and I learned a lot, you know, about the Bible and stuff like that, which is, which is so awesome. But I, I kind of, uh, in that time, forgot the initial, mm-hmm. what Jesus had said, which was, I am love and I've created it created you to love you know i spent so much time doing a, a 
Pentateuch and the this and the that, you know, all the, <laughs> all the words that uh, you learn in Bible college that I kind of forgot the foundation of how yeah. I met Jesus. And uh, so now I'm kind of, I can't say kind of, you know, in the last four years I've been back on that journey of what is to love people. And, mm. you know, I fail all the time. I mess up all the time. And, uh, but I allow him to love me through it and then learn a little bit and grow a little bit, and mm. you know, from glory to glory. So, so cool. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool story of, you know, being away from God for so long and, you know, really angry. And then a vision uh, coming to Christ, uh, doing Bible college. What about music? Uh, were you always involved in music? Yeah, so when I was four years old, um, I got up on a stage and I grabbed the mic and I started singing. There's there's a picture of it, actually. Oh, yeah? And I got off the stage and I told my parents, I want to do that forever. And that was 20 years ago. Yeah. And um, so, but when I, when, when I, you know, in my rebellion and stuff, the songs I would write were not very good mm. like not very good lyrics uh, yeah yeah it was pretty detrimental and yep. uh, like very very awful things and uh so i don't even utter those words anymore because mm. they're not who i am and who i want to represent so um so now you know through our music i try to uh bring hope and love and joy and freedom and unity and all the things that i believe god wants yeah. for us um and sometimes i just sing about going to the beach because yeah. We we get kind of stressed out and sometimes we just need to relax. <laughs> you know, good. it's as simple as that. Yeah, sometimes. Good. Um, sometimes it's a profound bit of lyrics and the other times I'm singing about taking you to the islands. And it's so good that, uh, you know, reggae music, uh, you know, is being redeemed uh, mm-hmm. for what you guys are doing because, you know, a lot of the reggae music is connected to the Rastafarian religion and, yeah. you know, with the, with Bob Marley and all that kind of background. Yeah. Were you ever involved in that kind of religion? Or Yeah, well, I can't really say I was, like, heavily involved. Um, I, I, I still think I, I'm very influenced by a lot of it mm-hmm. um, in many ways. You know, of course, I don't smoke anymore or anything like that. But I think, honestly, I think Christians can learn a lot from Rastafarians because they have a dedication that you haven't you haven't met Many yeah. Christians that are as dedicated really? as some Rastas. Um, and, you know, and honestly, even though it is, of course, not, the, you know, Christianity, yeah. it, it's very close. Um, it, it all kind of branched out of the southern states one uh, teaching about a white God, a yeah. white Jesus. Yeah. And, of course, the slavery and the rebellion mm. thereof. And I, I think the most important thing for people to know is that God has no color. Yeah. God has no race. And... uh he, he, he is a God that is king of all, mm. you know, love, loving father of every race, every background, every culture, every heritage, every gender, you know. Um, so I think once people realize that, then they have no problem with the love of Jesus Christ and don't need to create another God because God isn't white, you know. And uh, But Rastafarian, uh, I can't say ism because they don't like that, but Rastafarians, yeah. um, you know, they, they branched out of that, uh, you know, be, of mm. course, rebellion against the white God, which mm. you can't really blame them for mm. because there is no white God. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And 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 the, we know that, of course, the Christians, quote unquote, of that day, were very much not representing Christ because mm. Christ is not a God of slavery. Yeah, uh, he's a God of freedom. Yeah, right. He yeah. said he came to set the captives free. Mm. And uh, but you know, due to people misrepresenting Christ. Uh, you know, rebellion took place, and now you have a whole other faith that somehow 
brought onto this earth a fantastic genre of music that yeah. I love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think everyone loves a bit of reggae music and, you know, everyone would, would know some of the big reggae songs. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Cross Farai who yeah. uh, have uh, been doing Christian reggae music for many years. A and, long time, but, yeah. but there aren't many others that, that are in that genre. Do you know many others? I, uh, I, of course, I, I'm yep. in it, so I know quite a few. Yeah. Um, but very few of them are like really, really quality. There's yeah. one one good friend of mine from Trinidad and Tobago. His name is Positive, mm-hmm. and he is quality. Yeah. Like yeah. we listen to his stuff. Amazing. Yeah. yeah we cool. listen to his stuff in the in the car all the time, and it never gets old. And he 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 he's not just just kind of like us. He's not just stuck to that one drop reggae beat yeah. only. You know. Um, we allow that diversity to take place, and he even has a kind of electronic. Song. Okay. So I'm on fire for Jesus. And it's so cool. <laughs> it's, it's a great song. Oh, cool. You know, because, and we play like in between our sets. Sometimes we play in pubs in Australia and Canada, right? Mm-hmm. And in between our sets, I have a playlist and we play positive and he's singing, Yes, close to my friend, name is Jesus. <laughs> and we're just, yeah, allowing the, cool. you know, the truth of the gospel to, to you know, the sound waves yeah, just yeah. kind of ring, ring through. Yeah, so ring good. Through. Fantastic. Well, we're chatting with the boys from Tasman Jude today. It's good to hear a bit of Caleb's testimony. Over to Derek now. Uh, whereabouts were you born and raised, mate? Uh, yeah, born and raised. Uh, well, born Vancouver Island on the west coast of Canada. And then, uh, you know, just with the moving for work and stuff, my family moved to Alberta. And then, um, yeah, my mom, my mom got saved and that brought about my parents divorce because okay. my dad wasn't having any of it. Right, okay. And uh, you know, um so we moved back to Vancouver Island where my mom's entire family lives. And uh, you know, I kind of just grew up going to church, um living my mom's belief, you know, and it never really became my own thing. I think I was in my I was in my 20s, I think, when uh and I don't even totally remember what exactly happened. I just remember all of a sudden this was mine. Like, you know, it wasn't mm. it wasn't based on what someone else had told me. It wasn't based on uh, you know, what someone said from a pulpit. It was it was something that I discovered and, you know, a relationship that I had built. And uh, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of different trials in my life and and you know, I can you know, I've had a few conversations with people. It's like, well, how can you be a Christian and, and you know, play in bars and, and do all this stuff? And I was like, I can't tell you words to make you understand what I – like to make you understand how much I am absolutely 100% sure of what I believe. Mm. You know, I just – I couldn't say the words to convince you because I know it 100% for myself. Mm. And, um, you know, I mean I've always been involved in music and in a lot of ways I think – Music uh, saved me from a lot of bad decisions, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, a little bit different. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, just I think I was 14 when I started just playing and jamming with friends and I started playing in bands and, you know, doing shows and, and whatever. And then, uh, you know, I moved around for a while. And then shortly after I, you know, really found my own my own relationship with Christ. Um, I moved to Oklahoma and did some work with a nonprofit there. They did uh, school assemblies, talking to kids about gangs and drugs and life choices. And, okay. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of public schools. And, um, yeah, so I just, you know, did the on the road for that. And then I was on the road with another band for a while. And um, 
then I just take a took a break from doing the music thing, tried to live a normal life, and it just didn't work for me. It just, you know, it's not what God created me to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I met these guys and um, did a fill-in show with them, and then and then shortly after, you know, said I joined the band. And um, two, I think it was two days after I said I joined the band, my mom got diagnosed with ALS. Um, it's a, I don't know if you know what it is. It's like a neuron or something disease where your body just stops communicating oh, no. with itself. So, you know, you're fully mentally aware, but your body just shuts down. And um, so at that point, my family was really not happy with the fact that I was getting rid of all my stuff and going back on the road again. But um, I knew it was what I was supposed to do. And my mom knew what I was. It was what I was supposed to do. And she said, "Don't you dare stay here, because this is what you're supposed to do." Mm. And I mean, you know, she she passed away in July, and um, you know, right to the very end, it didn't change. You know, I mean, she missed me and she loved me. She wanted me there, but she knew she knew this is what I was supposed to be doing. So, you know, that was beyond um, amazing. You know, in the position she was in, knowing, I mean, knowing where she's going, yeah, right? Like yeah. when yeah. she first got diagnosed, I was like, man, this sucks. But on the same hand, it's like, not really, <laughs> you know, because yeah, she's suffering now, but soon enough, it's not going to matter. And uh, yeah, so it's just like, she was always so happy to see me, but also so happy to see me go and do what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, we'd yeah. show up and hang out, and then she'd be like, all yeah. right, it's been two days. Yeah, yeah. Like, get back go on again. the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. wow. So. Well, you know, I heard a quote once that said, success isn't just what you achieve, but what you set in motion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's successful because she's oh. raised up you, yeah. who's yeah. now reaching absolutely. the world uh, with the gospel, with the yeah. music. And, yeah. And I bet you she's so proud of you watching from oh, heaven, absolutely. eh? Absolutely. I don't doubt that for a second. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us, mate. Yeah. That's really powerful, yeah. Uh, and uh, you guys really do tears in the studio. Man. Oh yeah, but yeah, I think we're all choking up a bit here. Yeah, I'm yeah. supposed to cut onions in the studio, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's good, you know, to for you to share, you know, something real yeah. that you've been through yeah, because yeah. you know people can relate to that. Um, you know, everyone's uh, you know had relatives that have passed away and, yeah. and been through yeah. tough times, and to know that uh, she. Uh, had had a strong faith and passed it on to you. Oh, she passed the baton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a legacy, isn't it, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm, so good. Now, before we wrap up today, um, I always like to ask our guests to share uh, what is the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, there might be people listening that have never heard the gospel, yeah. that don't know what it is to come to Christ. Yeah. Uh, Caleb, would you share with the listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? I believe, uh, yeah, the gospel is the fact that Christ decided to set aside his glory and kingship and came and lived a humble life to perfectly reflect how we can live, then died and rose again to make that possible. And I believe that as we begin and continue in an intimate, intrinsically woven relationship with him, It'll happen more and more every day. And no matter how much hurt and no matter how much pain and trials and tribulations and, and, and even how much you mess up because the voice that you're hearing right now is the voice of a very screwed up human being. But 
I rest assured in the good news and the truth of who Christ is. And I just every single day, maybe multiple times a day, go, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I need you. And mm-hmm. and the fruit that comes from that mm. is beautiful. I'm not the human I was six years and four months ago when he first introduced himself to me. And I'm not the human I was two months ago when I was working through stuff. And I'm not the human I was yesterday. His transformational power due to an intimate relationship with him. That's that's the good news. That's such good news. And uh, I know you guys live it. Uh, you live the gospel when you share in schools, when you share in pubs, when you share in churches. Uh, in your music, it comes through and it shines through and it shines through in your lives uh, in the time we've been hanging out today. Uh, I reckon you guys are history makers. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And if people want to find out more, the website is tasmanjude.com. Uh, they can look you up on Facebook and Instagram and find all your info. Um, and uh, we just love having you guys out in Australia. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. Tasman Jude, God bless. Thank oh, you, thank you. Bless. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor, 